went through a phase where I really wanted to be Jewish. I took a class on Judaism in seminary. When I signed up for the class, I thought it wasn't that different from Christianity. I thought Christianity minus Jesus plus Hebrew equals Judaism. Not, not really, no. Mm. Judaism's basic orientation is very different from Christianity. While many Christians would describe Christianity as a set of beliefs, most Jews would describe Judaism as a set of practices. When you want to become a Christian, you say that you believe in a set of beliefs. When you want to convert to Orthodox Judaism, you have to live as a Jew. That means keeping Sabbath and keeping kosher for a year before you can convert. Judaism has an idea similar to tithing. They call it tzedakah. Though a lot of people translate it as charity, a better translation might be justice. It's a commandment. People are required to give 10% of their income to the poor so that in doing it, you're acting justly and not doing it, you're acting unjustly. But it doesn't really matter how you feel about it. In fact, some Orthodox Jews think that following the commandments that don't make a lot of sense to us is even more righteous than following the ones that do. So for example, the law that forbids wearing mixed fabrics probably doesn't sound that important or make a lot of sense to us. But the thought is that God might have reasons that we don't understand. So therefore, it's even more important to follow those kind of weird sounding commandments. So in Judaism, you do what God says, not because you want to, but because God tells you to. As Dennis Prager puts it, Judaism would love for you to give 10% of your income each year from your heart. It suspects, however, that in a large majority of cases, were we to wait for people's hearts to prompt them to give a tenth of their income away, we would be waiting a very long time. Ergo, Judaism says, give 10%. And if your heart catches up, terrific. In the meantime, good has been done. Judaism mistrusts human nature. It prescribes what to do because it doesn't think most people will make the right decision on their own. This is why I wanted to be Jewish. It makes so much sense. Ever heard fake it until you make it? That's kind of the idea. You'll keep doing the right thing because God prescribes it with the hope that your heart will catch up. Christianity is almost the opposite. Christianity says that right belief will lead to right action. So if you're a Christian and you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then your heart will lead you to give 10% of your income. Some Christian churches try to take the commandment approach. They say that you can't be a member of their church unless you tithe. I'm sympathetic to that view. Remember, I wanted to be Jewish. I thought that if God prescribed all your actions, then maybe you'd be able to live in a more Christ-like manner. But that's not how we do it. That's why we don't keep tabs on how much everyone prays. We're not keeping a good deed chart. That's why we don't require everyone to tithe. Christianity trusts people to do the right thing. Christianity believes that right belief will lead to right action. Sometimes I wish I had as much faith in people as Christianity. Can we really trust people to do the right thing? I would feel much more comfortable if we had a gold gold star chart and demerit so we could keep track of how everyone is doing. I would be much more comfortable with that. But that's not how we do it. Our scripture lesson today comes from Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 48. It's kind of a long one, so be prepared. 
Be dressed for service and well prepared, as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. There will be special favor for those who are ready and waiting for his return. I tell you, he himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, there will be special favor for his servants who are ready. Know this. A homeowner who knew exactly when a burglar was coming would not permit the house to be broken into. You must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Peter asked, Lord, is this illusion just for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, I'm talking to any faithful, sensible servant to whom the master gives the responsibility of managing his household and feeding his family. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job there will be a reward. I assure you, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. But if the servant thinks, my master won't be back for a while, and begins oppressing the other servants, partying and getting drunk, well, the master will return unannounced and unexpected. He will tear the servant apart and banish him with the unfaithful. The servant will be severely punished, for though he knew his duty, he refused to do it. But people who are not aware that they are doing wrong will be punished only lightly. Much is required from those to whom much is given. And much more is required from those to whom... Did I just say that twice? <laughs> it says the same thing twice. And much more is required for those to whom much more is given. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sorry. I'm a little off today. I don't know if you guys can tell. So you'll be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning, not only because God commanded it, and not only because David and I ask you to, but because good works flow naturally out of your belief in Jesus Christ. In this scripture, a faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. This is the literal definition of stewardship. A steward is one who manages a household while the master is away. We are God's stewards on earth. The church is one of the ways that we attempt to be good stewards of what God has given us. In more broad terms, stewardship is the wise management of and use of resources that have been entrusted to us. I know that most of you immediately think of money when you think of stewardship, and the church doesn't help that. Stewardship is often used as a code word for money in the church. But it's really so much more than that. According to John Wesley's sermon, The Good Steward, from 1768, God has entrusted us with souls, our bodies, our goods, and whatever other talents we have received. We are required to use all of these things in the manner that God would have us because everything we have is not our own, but God's. I'll say it again. Everything we have is not our own, but God's. Even our bodies belong to God. Giving a proportion of your income to the church to support its ministries doesn't seem like you're asking too much if you think about all that God has given you, your body, your life, your everything. The scripture talked about servants who think the master will be gone for a long time, who do not keep the household in order while the master's gone. Is your household in order? I think that's a tough question, and I bet a lot of you are thinking, What's your definition of order? 
I'm definitely not talking about the physical cleanliness of your house. I've already told a couple of you that I'd always thought I was a neat freak. Well, it turns out that my neat freakity comes from consideration of others. I've never lived alone before, and it turns out that with Steve at Fort Jackson, I'm a complete and utter slob. It's a little ridiculous. So you can all breathe a sigh of relief because that's not what I'm asking when I ask, is your household in order? David has asked this question before. He's worded it a little differently. What are your priorities? Your lifestyle and how you spend your money reflects your priorities. Is your household in order? Does your lifestyle reflect the priorities that you want it to? Would it be in order if you thought the master was nearby? I don't know the ways that your household is out of order, and I don't know your reasons either. But maybe if we thought of the master always present, always interested, always concerned with the state of our households, maybe we'd do a better job of maintaining them. Because our master, our God, is always present, always interested, and always concerned about our priorities and our lives. The scripture is just packed full of great images. It goes on to say that when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Hey folks, the scripture's talking about you and me. You have been given much, and you have been entrusted with much. That means much is required in return. Remember you have been blessed in order to be a blessing? Same idea, and Spider-Man even got it. With great power comes great responsibility. God has entrusted you with all that you have and all that you are. And as much as I wanna stand up here and say, give because God says to and it's the law, that's not how we do it. We do it in a way that seems much harder. It puts much more responsibility on your shoulders. Our way tells us to listen to our hearts, to search the scriptures, and to pray, and that's how we figure out how much to give. That's how we figure out what is an appropriate response to all that God has given us. Our way says, I believe in the goodness of human nature. I believe that what is on the inside is reflected on the outside. I believe that these people know they have been given much, and they will act accordingly. Whoa, talk about something you have to live up to, or maybe live into because luckily we're not doing this on our own. Christianity, when done in community, is more than just a system of beliefs. It becomes a set of practices. We have to teach one another how to be Christian. And just for the record, Judaism is a lot more complicated than I'm making it sound. You have to learn how to be Christian. You have to practice it. You get better at it the more you practice. The Holy Spirit is active and present in our lives, leading us, empowering us, helping us to learn what it is to be Christian. So just as learning what it means, what it looks like, and what it feels like to love your enemy, we learn how to be good stewards of what God has given us. And it may take time. It may take time to learn how to sacrifice things in order to give for the first time. It may take time to rearrange priorities and decide what is not helping God's kingdom be established on earth. It takes some time to get the household of God in order. Maybe a sacrifice would be to not eat out so often. Maybe you talk more about what's going on in your lives when you eat together as a family at home. You know what needs to be rearranged. 
I know it's hard to always have your inside affect your outside, to let your beliefs affect your actions, but that's what this whole Christianity thing's about. It's a slow process for most of us. The Holy Spirit helps us along the way by giving us sanctifying grace that helps us to grow in our relationship with God. Even if you feel, feel it in your heart, it may take some practice to get the outside right. But that's why we're here. We're here to help remind one another of all that God has given us. We're here to remind each other to get and to keep our households in order. We're here to remind each other that when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. We remind each other to give out of what we have, not what we don't have. In the meantime, while we're slowly getting our outside to match our inside, letting our beliefs affect our actions, we'll keep our lamps trimmed and burning. See what the Lord has done and what the Lord continues to do. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, help us to get our households in order. Help our priorities reflect what we want them to. Reflect a life in Christ. In your holy name we pray. Amen.